0: Hello, and welcome to Please Me. Last week, Nate Zeleznik was on the show talking about the incredible Indonesian martial arts and mindfulness practice he brought back to the USA. He speaks about the incredible journey it has taken him on, and how this practice helps his students to connect with their sexuality by creating a space for transformation. Be sure to check it out. This podcast is intended for mature audience. Eve is a licensed physical therapist who is on a mission to destigmatize conversations about sex. In her PT practice, Eve treats conditions related to sexual health. Please relax and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Please Me, the podcast that aims to destigmatize conversations about sex by turning the sheets into our classroom. I am so excited to have. Lexi Silver back on the show today for an Encore interview. She was on season one and she was amazing and I am so excited to have her back today. Lexi Silver is a media director of SDC.com and she is also an internationally accredited relationship and life coach and she specializes in open relationships and the swingers world and I know that she helps a lot of newbies getting into the lifestyle. So I am so excited to pick her brain today and to learn more about ethical non-monogamy and all sorts of other fun topics that we have prepared for you today. So without further ado,
1: let me welcome Lexi Silver. Hi, Lexi. How are you today? Hi, Eve. Thank you for having me back on your show. I'm so excited to be here always to talk to you. It's always so fun. Uh, And I am doing... I, I guess I am lexalent, as I would say. <laughs> I
0: love that. Lexalent, lexuality. You have your whole language, you know, a whole language just dedicated to you. So I love that. It's called lexicon, but Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, let's uh, get all the words out there, all the new words that I, I need to look up. <laughs> but I love that. Yes, and the lexicons. She's got her own lexicon. So once you get to know her, you'll be speaking her language in no time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I have a question to get started here about maturity, because for me, maturity and i know we touched about this the first time we talked maturity has nothing to do with age do you think that there are certain characteristics that you would say are necessary in order to start or be introduced to
1: the ethical non-monogamous world or the open relationship world absolutely i think that's the first time i've ever been asked that question specifically so i love that you asked it um Yeah, one major thing is self-awareness, understanding how, you know, your behaviors, your actions impact others. Also being aware of other people's, you know, their social signals, being aware of what they're telling you, which I understand some people who are neurodiverse may not be able to do so. Um, But Ideally, it's also tuning into the frequency on uh, about like, you know, uh, of other people who, you know, particularly your partner and, you know, making sure that you're able to meet their needs and um, you understand what those needs are. But also, you know, one other thing is um, knowing yourself, knowing what it is that you want knowing what it is that you want from your your life personally as an individual but also if you're partnered up you know your life with your partner partners so making sure that you understand like if you are going for example from monogamy to open that understanding why what is it exactly that you are seeking from the open lifestyle what need is it filling or what desire is it potentially going to fulfill for you? How is that going to change your life? How is that going to impact you on a personal level? How might that impact your relationship? And so really understanding your reason behind all of that. Hopefully, that one of the reasons is not it's going to fix the relationship because If you're going from uh, monogamy to open, as we talked about last time, Eve, uh, and you are trying to fix something that's broken in your relationship already, it is not going to work. It's not a fix. Um, So, you know, those two, those two things—that's the the self-awareness, but also like understanding your motivations, your your reasons. Get really understanding yourself. um, Those are two very, very important things that are key to um, to maturity. And, you know, if you have that, if you possess those, at least to start, okay, obviously, there are more qualities then you can experience a lot of pleasures in an open relationship.
0: Absolutely. Being in tune with who you are and what you want. and um, And, you know, we talked a lot about communication, too. And I feel like just adding to that is, you know, really... Being open to uncomfortable conversations and, um, and, and viewing them in a way that is instead of thinking of it as being uncomfortable or difficult, thinking of it as being a gift because, you know, you are trying to bring pleasure into your and your partner's life. So, um, how do you tease that out with your partner to really create the pleasurable life that you deserve, you know, both deserve or more deserve depending on your relationship. So, um, you know, reframing the idea of having those difficult conversations, I think is so helpful because, um, you know, all of it just brings you closer to your partner.
1: Absolutely. So once you're starting with understanding yourself, then you can communicate that to your partner. And In 100% of the couples that I coach, communication is always an issue. And by issue, I also mean opportunity, opportunity for growth and connection, just like what you said. And, you know, having difficult conversations or challenging conversations and absolutely bring you closer. But before you get into a conversation with your partner about opening up your relationship, first ask yourself, What's your relationship like now? What are you know? If, if you understand like what I said before, what is it? What is your reason, or what are your reasons, or what are your motivations for wanting to open up your relationship? You know, if you if if you are basically um, not on the same page with your partner um, already in in your monogamous relationship. And there's something that can be fixed. Do that first before you open up that idea, because your partner's motivations for wanting to open up might be very minimal if if you're at your relationship as it is, is not working or is lacking something or requires work. So, you know, all of this stuff plays in together. But having, you know, before you have those conversations, too, you could also tease, tease out, like you said, Eve, I love that how you can tease out some information from your partner to get a better feel of how they might be interested or not. There are lots of mainstream shows now that introduce the idea of open relationships, the just monogamous or a random threesome or whatever label you want to give it all the way up to polyamory and, you know, um, and plus, right? So there's, there are lots of ways that you could introduce this into conversation while you're watching a show like that with your partner or while you're listening to a really cool podcast like this one, for example, and, you know, ask your partner, what do you think about that? You know, how do you know, like, Oh, I really thought this was interesting. How about you? And just get a better feel for your partner's responses that will already give you a gateway into, well, is this the right time to propose something or not? And there's always one person who is ready do it and the other who is not quite there yet so if you are the faster one you need to wait a little bit and tease out these answers and feelings and reactions and and vibes and feel your way through this so yeah it could be very complicated but you need to do all those things first it it, it recommended that you maybe try some of those things first
0: (laughs) yes absolutely you know and and having those conversations You know and trying to figure out if your partner would even be open to that is you know something that you should think about before you actually bring it up but you'll really never know until you try and I have to say that you know the the in my experience and this is completely my experience but I do believe that the universe brings you what you want and what you need and um, so having these you know, thought processes and kind of thinking about all of the details that we're talking about, you know, really kind of helps to form your idea of what you want. And then you can, like you said, communicate that with your partner. And um, I think it's interesting to think about being on the, you know, there's, like you said, there's one person that's usually ready and another person that's not so ready. And um I Wonder how difficult it is for the person that's maybe not so ready to kind of become ready. What sorts of things do you, um, share with your, you know, couple, uh, clients, uh, to help them to move forward and become more ready? Um, and I, I know that you already mentioned, you know, making sure that your partners, you know, be cared for is, you know, happy as, you know, <laughs> focusing on your
1: partner. I would say would be so important. You want to just elaborate? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, if you're the faster person and you're listening to this and you're like, I would love to talk to my partner about this. I don't know how to bring it up. You know, it is, it's not always easy, but you do need to have a lot of patience because you are need, going to need to go one small step at a time and check in with each other as you're going through each small step. But before you even do that, you know, your partner, who is maybe not quite ready or not sure, you know, have like explore things with them, listen to more podcasts, get more information to really help them understand what you could both possibly get out of this as individuals and as a couple. If your partner doesn't see or understand what it is that Bennett could benefit them or what desires that they could have fulfilled and you know what fantasies they could have come to life if that's something that they want if they don't see that then why would they do that just for you right that's a big ask so you need to make sure that you know that also it doesn't hurt to inform yourself more about this because there's so much to know about the open lifestyle it's why i do my swinging 101 series it's it's really crucial um, to give your partner an opportunity to to see what could be in it for them and how it could actually benefit your relationship. So, you know, I I think that's really essential.
0: Yes. I love the idea of educating yourself together with your partner, because then you're hearing all of the same information at the same time, and you can really have these amazing conversations kind of you know, branch off of that education or those, you know, webinars or whatever it is that you're listening to similar to the ones that I've been doing, you know, on SDC.com, um, you know, to help, you know, to help people to, you know, ask their questions. And, um, it's, it's a really great idea. Um, so since we were talking about, um, moving from monogamy to open relationships, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the myth of monogamy.
1: So, I, I don't really have a um, I have a lot to say about this, right? So, my belief slash, you know, my experience is that, you know, while there are some people who feel like monogamy is right for them and it is, you know, what they want, it's not doesn't feel natural for a lot of people and that's why there's a lot of cheating in relationships that's why sorry that's why that's one of the various reasons why there are cheating relationships um you know besides you know fulfilling other desires or wanting attention or a whole number of other reasons why people cheat for a lot of people it doesn't feel natural to just be with one person and That's fine. For the people who for whom it does feel natural to just be with one person. That is fantastic. But how we got here is also, you know, we really um, I don't think we pay enough attention to all of the influences around us that are typically monogamous um, or that support the framework of monogamy and celebrate that, the, my one and only, my one true love, all of these different ideas, which, the I mean, from a mathematically, <laughs> from a statistics perspective, is virtually impossible for that to be the case. Um, but it just doesn't, it's not a, a natural, I don't think, a natural thing. If we choose to be with one person, that is a choice. It's also a choice to open up your relationship to other possibilities. These are all choices. But if you're kind of operating on this in this, you know, uh, uh, this idea that because you've only seen monogamy in, you know, your family, friends, you know, the, these are the types of shows that you watch that you enjoy, the stories you like. That's great. But these are also all influencing you towards one specific direction. And the open, the idea of open influences or, you know, uh, influences like you, Eve, you know, saying this is a whole new way of thinking about relationships. You don't have to be bound by this one thing and, you know, by it, only one person and you could explore with your person or your people, uh, how, however you choose. It's not the only way because when I was growing up, I only saw monogamy around me. And I didn't know anybody who thought or felt the way I did. I always felt like I was the odd person out because I didn't feel like it was natural inside me to just be with one person. It never felt natural to me. And it took me until, you know, I I would say probably my early 20s to figure out that, okay, well, you know what? This is natural. And I started to notice that other people also found monogamy unnatural for them. So without those influences, folks, you are not going to know what's out there for you, what's potentially out there for you. That's Um, true. mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Learning about all sorts of relationship styles. It's the only way to know which one's going to really work for you and the partner you're with, you know, and you may differ in what you want. One person might want to be monogamous and the other person might want to, you know, explore, you know, and, but having those relate having those conversations is what's so key, because if you're both in agreement that one of you wants to be monogamous and the other one wants to be, you know, in an open relationship and that is OK with the both of you, then that is an ethically, you know, an ethical relationship. I won't say monogamous yeah. non because we're talking about two separate things, but um, it's an ethical relationship because you're having those conversations But if you are in a relationship with somebody, you know, and it's quote unquote monogamous and one person is cheating and not telling the other person that is not ethical, you know, and so I love the concept of ethical, you know, the word ethical in the title or description ethical non monogamy, because it really is having integrity in your relationship. That's what it's all about. Saying what you say you're going to do, you know, and being honest and really communicating all of your desires to the person that you care most about, um, whether it be one person or more than one, depending on what your relationship style is. But I think it's so
1: important. So um, when you say that, oh, a hundred percent. It's it, the the communication part though can be tough. can be tough you also have to get up the courage to talk to your partner about sensitive thing like i want to have sex with somebody else my god that's not usually gonna gonna the when you say it like that you know it's there are ways to approach it also but being on the same page operating as a team if you're a team and ultimately, whatever label you want to give your relationship, monogamous, monogamish, open, open-minded, whatever, swingers, swingers, it doesn't matter because even two swingers could have wildly different boundaries and interpretations of what their relationship is like. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Who cares? Do what feels right for the two of you. Like you said, Eve, you could be, one of you could be open and the other could you know continue to be monogamous if that works for you but that requires a lot of communication and talking about boundaries and what what feels right what isn't okay while you're going to check in with each other and if you're in in your current relationship if you are already not seeing eye to eye on stuff and you're having a hard time communicating then imagine at that next level how much more communication you're going to have to do so definitely. Definitely smooth out some of the kinks before you decide to open up. <laughs> Unless you want to bring those kinks into oh. your whole world, you know? <laughs> but, but those are those are good kinks. Those are good kinks. Those are healthy kinks. Yes, those are very healthy
0: kinks. All these play on words today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what would you say the difference is between swinging
1: and polyamory so I, again for me like with labels i'm just i'm so i didn't a fan. but they're useful i am not either mm-hmm. yeah but they're useful um, because some people will better understand you know what it is that they're interested in by some of these now there are so many different definitions with under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy or consensual non-monogamy Tons of different definitions, styles, and still you need to, each one comes with its own individual and unique, you know, set of boundaries. But winging often is more sexual. It's about the sexual connection, sexual exploration. That's not to say that, you know, there are, um, you know, uh, triads or streples, as a lot of people say, um, or, you know, polycules who are, or, you know, polycules, I mean, just multiple, partners, groups of multiple partners um, who engage in swinging behaviors. But ultimately, swinging is seen as more of a sexual connection and in polyamory also with the Amory, there's more of a relationship component behind it. So it, you know, whereas a swinger or like a couple who's swinging might go to a club for a weekend or, you know, they might go on these special trips like to Hedo or, you know, other like a captive in France where they can openly celebrate their openness. There are a lot of different ways that you can swing or, you know, be polyamorous and or anything in between. Um, but There are lots of shared characteristics, but ultimately, most swingers are not looking for a romantic relationship outside of their relationship when it's a couple. For singles, it could be a whole different story. But, you know, that's where the conversations come in. If you're swinging and you start off just doing it for the extra Sexual stimulation or spice, then, you know, maybe you will meet somebody that you want to have a relationship with. It's always a possibility, but that's usually not what a, a, a typical swinger is looking for when they enter the open lifestyle.
0: I, you know, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of times people you know, have an idea of what something is. And then as they learn more about it, sort of their idea of what they want sort of changes as time goes on. And um so I just like the concept of, you know, open relationships because it sort of encompasses everything. Um, and actually, on another podcast that I was listening to, um, The Mizzy Bender Show, <laughs> she was interviewing a couple who coined the term modern couple, you know, and um when they were at a party and were introducing people so that they would be able to, because they would have, you know, all sorts of people in their parties, not always people that were, you know, in the quote unquote lifestyle, But they wanted to introduce those people to other people who might also be open um, to, you know, learning more about them in that way. So they would say that they were a modern couple. And I love the concept of that because I do think that, you know, relationships have changed so much. And, you know, before, you know, maybe 50 years ago. You know, 70% of the population, the adult population was married, you know, in the US. And now it's in the forties. It's such a huge difference, you know, and relationships are changing. And like you said, you know, on shows, we're hearing more about, you know, throuples and, um, other open relationship styles. And so, um, I like that concept of having, you know, talking about a modern couple because it really just implies that they are open minded, you know?
1: I love that. That's a, I, it's a really good, uh, that's a good term and it comes to quite a lot. Yeah. Oh. And if you're, you know,
0: running in and, you know, socializing in circles that are mixed, you know, you don't want to say anything that's going to offend another person. And, and a lot of the times people keep this type of relationship, you know, On the DL right you know they're not like You know shouting from the rooftops That they're having these kinds of relationships Because you know societally they're Really
1: not considered um, They're not as accepted There's a lot of shame there is a veil of secrecy when it comes to The open lifestyle and there shouldn't be There absolutely shouldn't be I agree I agree So I want to explore
0: the Idea that women Seem to take the lead In open or sw- I'm going to say swingers relationships or the swingers lifestyle. Would you agree with that? And can you elaborate on that?
1: So that is often the case in terms of, though, so, even if it's like in a typical, typical, um, you know, heterosexual couple, uh, they're, you know, male, female, even if the man is, the one who's more ready to start, he will, in theory and in practice, this is the best thing that you can do is allow your female partner to take the lead based on what he is comfortable with. So um, again, you are a team, right? You're a team, but in you know in the lifestyle in general, it's it's all about women, and that, that's one of the things that drew me to the lifestyle in the first place it gives us a space to celebrate our i like to say lexuality our sexuality our our our, you know our authentic selves and in a space even if it's a public space and we could be as bloody as we desire and we are celebrated for it i mean really that is for me this is like this is perfect this is exactly what i've always wanted so, you know, having a space where women of all shapes and sizes are like, you know, we are elevated, we are on a pedestal, not just, you know, for sexual position purposes, but also, you know, just, you know, in this is one of the most common things in, uh, you know, typical male, female partnered relationships going into lifestyle couples who are looking for their gateway experience. And that is a threesome with another woman. Now, that's not always the case, but it is predominantly the case. And that single woman is called the unicorn. So because of the scarcity, okay, of single women in the lifestyle who are open to being with a couple, even if they're not bisexual or pansexual or whatever type of sexuality that would include that other partner. um, There are lots of things you could still do even even so. But, you know, that because that is the gateway experience that a lot of couples seek, because a lot of, you know, I have to say this and I am very, uh I am very, very happy that a lot of women who have never been able to be with another woman, who have fantasized about it, who have maybe been in a long term partnership and have never had that chance, finally getting that opportunity. And I've seen it and experienced it. And it is really something to be able to celebrate your sexuality in that way. It's, you know, a part of your identity or a fantasy, but it, it really depends. For some people, it is an identity, like for myself, I'm pansexual, but also for some people, they're just looking for the experience, not just to say like I did this, but to live it and to do that with their partner potentially too. So. Women rule. the The lifestyle is about consent. Again, consensual monogamy, consent, 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 every step of the way. But that is important. There is uh, there are lots of rules for parties and clubs that are specific to what you can do, what you can't do. Security that's in place to make sure that everybody is getting along and everything's going smoothly and is consensual. Um, all of these are designed to protect women and I love that. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah, you've experienced that, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it's um it's true that you know, you have to really make sure that your the female part of the couple is comfortable because if that's not the case, then you will be leaving early and you will <laughs> not be having a lot of fun. So <laughs> Definitely, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned the gateway experience to be a threesome with another woman, and I wonder very much if that's not the man's influence wanting that fantasy of having two women because I think that the gateway experience should really go both ways, in my opinion, because I think a lot of women might fantasize with having, you know, two men, but the man in the couple may not be comfortable with that. And so, I personally, and that's just my opinion and I don't know if it's statistically true or not, but you know, I feel like, you know, that gateway
1: experience should be more 50/50. What do you say to that? i mean it depends on what the woman wants i have met many couples where the woman was the one who wanted to initiate this because she always wanted to be with a woman and that was you know part of the whole thing and for my experience and talking to i don't know hundreds of thousands of swingers at this point um that does seem to be you know very often the case um just something to keep in mind too if you and your partner are not on the same page about the experiences that you want to have, but you should absolutely figure out before you go to a club or a party or any of that, um, you know, then that's not going to go well. I, 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 it has to go both ways. Like you said, Eve, in the sense of the both partners have to feel like they're getting what they want out of it. And even if it's not all in one unique experience, maybe you have a threesome with a woman one week, and then maybe a few weeks later you fulfill the other person's fantasy. Also, baddest data lots of men want to watch your partner with another man. Yes. Yes, yeah. That's true. Lots. That's true. Yeah. So it is nice
0: to think about, you know, trying different things and, you know, maybe the first, like you said, gateway experience is for the woman to be with another woman, which maybe she had never done before, you know, and I think that that is an amazing exploration, but, you know, building upon that and changing it up to- time after time you know is going to be more exciting and you know really having those conversations about your fantasies how do you coach your uh clients to talk about their fantasies
1: well, um first you need to know what you want so if you are uh, you know i've actually i've coached a lot of people who've been blocked by you know uh shame and you know a, a lot of feelings of shame and not even having the had the opportunity to explore their own sexuality, their own desires. So I mean, if you don't know what you want or what you might be into, that's definitely a starting off point, I would say. Um and you know, knowing that as as long as it's legal and consensual and you're not hurting anybody who doesn't want to be hurt, there's where the kink is in their Um <laughs> as long as the ROS are in place. You know, you could make your fantasies happen. Um, but talking about them doesn't mean you need to have them. So I remember, and I mean, talking about your fantasies with to your partner doesn't necessarily mean you want to do them in real life. And sometimes it's just to stimulate conversation or to spice things up, you know, sexually between the two of you. So. There are lots of really cool reasons to share your fantasies, but you need to know for yourself what you want first. And, you know, you could, you need to feel comfortable with your partner and to trust them. A lot of people are blocked because they feel like their partner will judge them for what their, what their fantasies are or that, you know, they would, uh, you know, say something or look at them in a different way, like, Imagine somebody who maybe you know, like you said, Eve, uh, like a like a like a woman who wants to have sex with two men at the same time, her partner and somebody else, and not, and not knowing how to bring that up to her partner, um, you know, it's that can be tough. So, you know, making sure you're both comfortable with each other and you're already able to talk about sex, even just between the two of you, that's tough enough as it is. That's so key. yes you yeah, know i'd like <laughs> having to, those conversations yeah having uh, being open to having those conversations and checking in with each other even just about you know sex between the two of you making sure you're getting what you want too just because you're opening up your relationship doesn't mean you all of a sudden have to give up your one-on-one you know connections sexually speaking So.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's really
1: should be accentuating
0: those one on one experiences and building upon that, you know. Um, So and, you know, there's so many different reasons why people might enter into relationships like this. And, you know, sometimes and I'm just thinking about medical reasons why, you know, sometimes one partner is unable to perform and really give their partner what they need sexually. And so they open it up. You know, because of that reason, can you kind of
1: ala- elaborate on that? Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, there are lots of different cases in case of, you know, um, in some cases, disability. Um, you know, medical illnesses that make it not difficult to, uh, sorry, that make it uh, challenging uh, to, you know, move around or have that mobility or sometimes even just to stimulate yourself depends on what's going on. Uh, sometimes it's a matter of, you know, performance anxiety, right, too, where you just, you're not able to. Not able to get hard. It could just be low desire. There could be all kinds of hormonal issues. This is all your area, Eve. You have. You know this (laughs) is all you. And like you know way more about this than I do for sure. And those are. It's only the tip of the iceberg. But Mm -hmm. you know, regardless of the case, whether one person can or can't perform, like like you said before, making sure you're on the same page as your partner. And you could, as long as you are, you're openly communicating, and you trust each other, and you can, you know, create boundaries together and stick to those boundaries. You can make any type of relationship dynamic work. So, you know, it depends on what's right for you. You can have, you can thrive in a relationship where only one person is going off and doing, you know, whatever is within the range of your open boundaries. You can thrive. Absolutely. There's really like there's
0: no option. That's not a possibility. I mean, the sky's the limit, you know, there. so, you know, having the conversations and communicating about what your wants and desires are is basically what we're trying to say here is like the most important thing in relationship, because otherwise you really aren't going to get your desires or your needs met. If you're not communicating them and you could be married for 20, 30, 50 years and still not be getting your desires met because you're not comfortable having those conversations, you know, and I find that to be sad. I think, you know, it's important to talk to your partner and and um, really tell them what you'd like for to experiment with. I mean, why not? You know, it's life is way too short. (laughs) Yes. And you deserve it. You deserve to to experience it. it absolutely everybody is deserving of love and pleasure you know whether it's you loving yourself and pleasuring yourself or experiencing that with somebody else um so let's talk about nudity and shame um we've been we were born naked and shame free right uh, so what happens along the way we already talked about societal norms right but like what is your view on Or you know, nudity and and just being free.
1: (laughs) Uh, So nudity is often confused with sexuality in the sense that people make nudity about sex. It isn't. Have you ever been to a nudist community where, you know, where people are just going about their day to day, but they're just not wearing clothes? It's quite a lifestyle. I've experienced it. It is quite a lifestyle and it is very liberating. Um it's it's a it, just seeing somebody naked doesn't necessarily mean it's in a sexual way. And, and you know it, it, it it's there's so much art that involves nudity and it's not even specifically that it's erotic. It's just a celebration of of life and 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 liberation. And then what happens along the way is you ask, my God, so much we get we we get, you know, we have generational uh, things happen where, for instance, your your parents are saying, uh, you know, oh, cover up, or you know, you should wear more clothes, or you know, we hear a lot of a, a lot of things. Even as kids, at a certain point in time, you know, uh, it becomes uh, strange for parents to see their kids running around the house naked. But when you're a kid, when, sorry, when you're a kid, when you're like a, a toddler, you know, uh, you're 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 basically th- that's not an issue. When does it become an issue? When does that start to, uh you know, have these, what us say, parents or people think you need to put on more clothes or, you know, you, this or you're, you know, it's, a, it's not good cases. You're dressed like a slut, you know, making it about it. it, it there's a there's a lot that goes into it, but our our upbringing. For those of us who were not born in, into a nudist community, and I know some people who have actually, it's kind of fascinating. It's kind of fascinating, um, but shame is a, a matter of all of the influences. Your is the school, religion, politics, your your family life, friends, favors, everything, everybody telling you nudity is bad. And in some cultures, it's a religious thing where, you know, you are even what we consider, like even what you're wearing right now, Eve, which is very sexy, would not fly in some countries, as we know. So it's very, it really depends. But in general, here in North America, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to nudity, everybody automatically attaches it to sex. But it's not the case. That's we we have we have a lot of uh, a lot of damage from what people have told us about what is natural, what is not natural, what is good, what is bad and not allow us also to, you know, understand that there are different perspectives around things. So, again, with what we said, your behavior, your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs are very often modeled upon the influences that you have been surrounded with. That you've absorbed, even without realizing it, TV that you watched, mm-hmm. etc. Very much affected by that. So, if you feel shameful about your body, or your body doesn't look a certain way, or you know, uh, but you you're not happy with the, the stretch marks on your legs, I have stretch marks on my legs. I, you know, all give. It, we are all human beings. There is no shame in any of these any of these things right. so being able to celebrate yourself also which is not easy because a lot of us compare to other people but celebrating yourself as you are just removing shame when you're looking at yourself and you're seeing yourself naked it's not a sexual thing imagine ju- it, it's just this is your temple this is the body that is housing so many things keeping you yes. alive <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> yes i totally believe that and you know we were eliminating the you know quote unquote um spirituality from the conversation but you did say you did say that your body is your temple and i believe that so much i mean you are the sole creator of your life and your body is going to carry you through that life so how do you treat it you know um and do you put shame on it or do you love it unconditionally you know and um and i think that erasing that shame allows us to really be more connected to our true authentic selves and then we can explore you know having that body positivity having that self-love and having those experiences with nudity that maybe you hadn't had in the past because of all those societal norms um that were holding you back you know and um, and when you do sort of create that space for yourself, and then allow yourself to explore, you know, with being nude, say in, you know, maybe just walking around your home, you know, maybe you don't drink, maybe you don't go and make yourself coffee, you know, in the nude and exploring that. I mean, it is very liberating. You don't have to be in a public place. Like you said, it's not a sexual thing. This is how we were born. You know, that little kids run around naked all the time. We're not, you know, our jaws aren't on the floor. It's not a big deal. And it's really not a big deal to be naked, you know, and um, it's very liberating. So I don't know. I encourage people to to explore, you know, even in their own homes, even in their own, you know, bedrooms or whatever. Don't throw that robot immediately. Just walk around and
1: let your body be free. <laughs> <laughs> even Lexi tell you to get naked, folks. Get naked, embrace your body, love it, enjoy it, feel liberated, express yourself, I love that. I'm so
0: with you, definitely, give it a shot. (laughs) I love that. Well, Lexi, you know that I always ask my guests this one question. And you answered it on the first podcast, but hey, maybe you'll have a different answer now. People change, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, go for it. And um and actually you answered this really well the first time too. So my question to you is, what is your favorite sex position?
1: Oh, okay. I did pretty sure last time I I said doggy style because it's I mean I have so much to love about you didn't. it. You you didn't. Did it? No, no, I didn't. Okay. No. okay. Then I either said reverse tall girl. Yes. I, that's not even true. <laughs> Listen, I I uh very I I <laughs> my when when I'm on top in reverse cowgirl, I like to call it my finisher because <laughs> I not yet met anybody who's been able to resist what my ass can do uh so, <laughs> yeah um but uh same with doggy style i just have a very nice way of like arching but the chief butt stimulation that i you, you know if your partner has their hands free they can roll your body you can uh, get really rough with it and you know i like i'm not opposed to consensually getting that my head uh you know uh, 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 how should you say but gladness the mattress um and <laughs> Uh, like you know, like just, just, just being dominated in that way, consensually, and not with every partner, not every time. But I love it. Both uh, of those positions. So I said that last time, reverse count girl Last time, I'm gonna add in doggy style. The change. Okay, it up. great. And you know, both yeah. of those positions, I like to talk
0: about. You know, clitoral stimulation and how 95 percent of women need clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm, right? And so. Both doggy style and reverse cowboy or reverse cowgirl, um, opens up the clitoris in a way that you can stimulate it with your hand or with the toy. Um, and so both of those positions I highly approve of. (laughs) But honestly, there's not a position that anybody has ever said that I don't highly approve of because, you know, I love them all and, you know, you should experiment and try many positions because, you know, there's more to life than missionary and there's nothing wrong with missionary. I absolutely love missionary. There are so many variations, one leg up, both legs up, around the shoulders, around the arms. I mean, you can go on and on with missionary, right? There's like a million different positions, but, you know, exploring and trying different things, um, even trying trying different places in your home or different pieces of furniture. You know, there's so much you can do. To explore just in your own space, um, that I, you know, encourage people to play because sex is our adult playground and um, it's a perfect time to play. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, I want to thank you so much, Lexi, for being here again today with me. And I want to make sure that all of my listeners can find you.
1: So, can you please let us know where we can find you? Absolutely. You can find me and pretty much everything at LexiSilver.com. That's Lexi with an I, silver with a Y, as I always say. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find me on social media too, usually, but uh, at LexiSilver.com also. Um, But you can absolutely find everything you need on my site. So yeah, absolutely. Reach out to her if you're interested in that ethical non-monogamy
0: and she specializes in swinging and, and newbies. So if you're a newbie wanting to enter into the lifestyle, uh, definitely reach out to Lexi on Lexisilver.com. So again, thank you so much for being here with me today, Lexi. I really appreciate all of your information that you've shared with us and all of the fun <laughs> laps that we've had together. And um, definitely check out SDC.com. Um stc.com is a swinger and lifestyle website Um, but it is really a plethora of information and we were talking about, you know finding ways to um Learn with your partner and there are so many articles and so many web um webinars and and um And it's connected to so many different podcasts about sexuality, in addition to being able to meet people all over the world um, who are, you know, open minded. So I definitely highly recommend you checking out that website. Go on to SCC.com and try it out for free. Um, And please use my code 37340 um, so that they know who sent you. Uh, Once again, thank you so much, Lexi, for being here. Until next time, visit pleaseme.online to reach Eve or for more information on products to increase blood flow and overall health, for her curated list of her favorite toys, and for swag that shows that you are a big fan. Please consider supporting the show.